Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situationships and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's up, up, up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. My name is Andy. And we're a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of questions from a couple different listeners. Heck Ain't yes. that the truth? Andy, how you feeling, <laughs> sister girl? <laughs> Sorry, I was, in my, I was about to, as a joke, say finna. Uh, <laughs> but then I'm like, no. No one wants Andy to, uh, as, as I say in a future episode with Brian Simpson, become a rapping grandma type. <laughs> Um, the point is, Andy, I was asking you a question. How you living, baby girl? Uh, living large. <laughs> That's not, wonderful. Not living single. Not living single. No, you ain't. I'm up in here. Uh-huh. My energy taking up the whole apartment. <laughs> That's not true. But <laughs> I am loving life at the moment because it was just Mabel's get day. Her I know, anniversary. Her gotcha day. Gotcha her, day. Is that what it's called? Her gotcha day. Her adoptiversary. Last week. May was two years, August 31st, marked two years with Miss Maybelline, and that was beautiful. 
what did we do i bought her i couldn't find any like gotcha day cookies so i just got her a birthday cookie <laughs> and then you guys the, the birthday cookie was too hard for her to actually chew so then i tried to soak it in water to soften it up it was so gross i thought i went to the the kitchen i thought you were soaking your retainer for a second and i was like <laughs> gross it would have looked you were like is your retainer okay instead it was just this like Hard cookie slowly dissolving <laughs> in water in a piece of Tupperware. I didn't know how to soften the cookie. I wanted her to eat it, but <laughs> it looked like you were doing a science fair experiment. No, I know. Like I was like trying to grow mold or something. Yeah, or like I, I bet if I, I put a cookie in water and then put some electrodes in there, I can uh, make electricity. <laughs> and then I also gave her a bath that day, and I'll tell you, she's been smelling good because I'm telling you right now, honey. She doesn't like a bath, but there's no greater gift you can give yourself than a bath. By that, I mean cleaning. You know, I don't like to sit in water, but just to clean yourself. Can you believe two years? I mean... Two years with this little stinger. The craziest two years ever. She was really a good... You know, this is our... This is both of our first dog ever. Mm -hmm. You know, and we certainly learned a lot through Stank. (laughs) How far in did we notice she had a breast lump? Like, after how many months? That lump would have been December 2019, I think. Because I remember I would have noticed it in December. We took her for uh, her checkup in January. Right. The doctor said, oh, it's um, probably benign. Dogs get these little things when they're spayed late. And then I started, I noticed maybe two months later, it was looking, it was getting a little bigger. And then Coco happened and nobody was doing unnecessary surgeries right so then i had to wait and then she got that surgery in july that's how long we had to wait until it was like can we get on the schedule for you to take out the lumps but it was like just months after we got her i mean yeah so what is that april to december so eight months eight months after we got her we got her in august oh my god you're right why do i keep saying april yeah so like yeah four months after we got her (laughs) jesus i know and I think it's only because you and I are both new dog parents and hyper aware that I even, you know, we went in and I go, what is that? You know, like I felt the tiniest little lump. You you had a switchblade. You pushed the button, you held up to the doctor's neck and you're like, what is that lump? What is that lump? What is that lump? I mean, constantly asking about every little thing. So, yeah, you're right. My God, four months. Um, Do you know who has, by the way, Naomi, for their dog, who has the same vest that Mabel has? What do you call it? A walking vest? What is that thing? A harness. A harness. <laughs> a walking vest. A harness. <laughs> What's a that harness. thing that John Popper wears? A harmonica vest. You know who has the same one for their dog? Today's guest? Today's guest. Oh my God, Andy, you're right. Today's guest, A.D. Bryant, has a wonderful dog who has the same blue harness that Miss Maybelline has. Love that segue. You know A.D. Bryant from her show Shrill on Hulu. You can watch all the seasons now. And you know her for Saturday Night Live, okay? Don't pretend like you don't. You do. A.D. is wonderful. She's a damn delight. And she was so great about answering your questions with love and an open heart (laughs) she came with a real open heart she is really nice she's such a sweet gal and it's so funny because her husband connor is also super nice Mm -hmm. but the characters he plays are unhinged i know i think we talk about it right we talked to her about it because i interviewed him on my podcast beginnings like years ago yeah and i was just so surprised at like how normal he is right he's like thoughtful and just like soft-spoken a little bit they're just a real wholesome couple together and it was nice to 
just like get in there with them. Can I say that I knew AD was going to be a great person when Mabel was backstage at the show that you did with her in New York? Uh huh. And Mabel reached out her hands to Connor and they touched hands and 80 lost her mind. And I was like, that's a good person. <laughs> and I believe you do have that on camera. And yeah. It is in your IG. So at Andy Beckerman know. on Instagram. <laughs> uh, speaking of things people should do on, yeah. so online, um, as you guys know, we do have t-shirts. We have couples therapy logo shirts. We have couples therapy quarantine crew shirts and we got Jubu shirts. So, if you want to get any of those for the culture, for the fam, for the friends, go to the link in our bio, and you can pick those up. They're very nice, good cotton, not stiff, honey. These will last. These will last, and they'll feel good. (laughs) Naomi, also, do you not have an online show coming up? Well, 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 thank you so much for asking. Yes, honey. On Thursday, September 23rd, 6 p.m., Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. I will be doing a set on An Evening at the Ha Ha Hole with Sarah Schaefer. <laughs> if you don't know Sarah Schaefer, who's a very funny comedian, she is really into making miniatures. And over the pandemic, she got all in and is so good at it. And she built a mini comedy club at like, um, and she's, and she's making little dolls of performers. So for instance, <laughs> me and Danielle Perez we're doing the show and it's an online show. So wherever you are, you can get tickets and watch it. And basically you're watching our little mini avatars perform in the ha ha hole. And it is very funny and good looking and cool. So if you have any interest, go on tickettaylor.com, T-I-C-K-E-T-T-A-I-L-O-R.com and grab some tickets. All right. I guess. I think it's it. I hope everyone had a good Rosh Hashanah. (laughs) Me too. <laughs> but for now, roll it. That felt to me very eighty. Now I don't sing. Go ahead. I've only, go met, ahead. You, I've only met you once, so exactly. I only I only know you through characters you've played. Uh huh. But that felt very eighty to me. Yes. Uh, was it? What do you think that the way that you said the tagline <laughs> is in fact indicative of your inner self? I think it's all I've got. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adie, where are you from originally? I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona. I think yeah. you, you know what it is. Be- I asked that because, and I'm sure th- this makes no sense. You have a Midwestern warmth to me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm, and so even just yes. when Andy was saying like, this is what you, I'm like, you do, you have a warmth about you. And I remember when we met like, it was funny because, you know, we met in person fairly recently, but yeah. both of us was like, haven't we met before? I know. And you know what we it was? We felt it. It was a soul connection. <laughs> it was a soul connection. We felt it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I did live in the Midwest for seven years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe it, it I, I went from ice-hearted desert <laughs> bitch to uh, absolute potato. Um, absolute but yeah. potato. No, I do. I think we had an instant soul connection. I mean, which is why, like, I was like, you know, we have to continue this this hang. <laughs> um, Wait, is Phoenix? All I know about Phoenix is it's flat. One of my friends from grad school is from there. That's it. Those are my two facts. <laughs> One of them, a fact only interesting to me. Phoenix, Phoenix facts. P H A C T. 
Um, yeah, you know, it's really, really hot. Like, sometimes it's like 117 degrees. Right. Not habitable. (laughs) No, not good. Not a good place to live. Um, (laughs) And I spent my entire childhood deeply sunburned. So that was it. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I can only imagine. Sorry, I'm trying to... Oh, you go. I was trying to put myself emotionally in this place. And I don't know if I would feel emotions in a place that is so hot. I think I would just be kind of like grasping just for the the slightest bit of coolness. And therefore, I would never dig deeper in myself. I don't know if that's the actual experience. <laughs> no, I think you've hit it on the head. I mean, I, I think in a weird way, because I was so hot for so many years, I just had like a low-grade anger at all times. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and now, I mean, anyone who knows me knows this, that, like, I cannot stand to be hot. Like, if I'm hot for even one moment, mm-hmm. I think it's, like, PTSD. Because also because <laughs> I, like, I had heat stroke as a kid, like, a couple oh, times. God. Which is, like, you're literally poisoned by the sun. Which oh, is God. haunting, you know? Yeah. You can't win. You, you can't, can't win against him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to go to the hospital for heat stroke? I didn't. I okay. I actually just got scooped up and put into basically a little like ice chamber, uh-huh. a little ice <laughs> but, bath or something. Yeah, but that's it. I don't know. It was bad. The closest I get to this, or my, is when we have gone to Palm Springs, Andy and I again the desert, right? And when I am walking around a place that's hot, it's um. It's, I feel like there's an adversarial relationship between man and the land. Okay? It feels like this is not habitable space. What are we doing? There's no reason there should be houses here. Like, everything about it just feels so wrong. And, like, we're trying to... I just always think we're trying to make fetch happen. Basically, like, we're trying to make this yeah. a place where there are movie theaters and restaurants. And really, there should be nothing here. Do you see what I'm saying? Because like everything you need to use to cool it down. Right, and to you're make... angry about manifest destiny. Absolutely. It feels like, you know what, humans, we should have just stopped. Stopped at the Colorado yeah. River. Stopped at the Colorado River. That's what I, <laughs> you're right. Absolute. I just think it changes the way you kind of feel about the world because were you also, I mean, well, I, I would imagine too, you have to be an indoor kid when the yeah. sun will kill you. So you're just in yeah. there doing makeup ups in the house. <laughs> completely like choreographing Spice Girls songs in in my bedroom. But yeah, that was, I mean, yeah, movies, if someone had a pool, you would go dip your ass in there, you right. know? That's it. But I don't know. I, I don't, I, I loved it, but I can't ever live there again. <laughs> Can I just say, by the way, Poison by the Sun would have been a great Slater-Kinney album title. <laughs> could, could be huge. Could just, be huge. That's their next one. <laughs> Um, but no, no, I asked about the, like the emotional stuff. Sorry. I just, yes, first of all, there, I just there. got out of therapy. So oh, yeah, you just got out of therapy. Oh, me too. Oh, we did a real, did you do a real one? We did a real, there was like some family stuff in there. <laughs> oh, no, mine was sort of light actually, like in compare, like, I mean, I still cried. I cry every time, but, I, <laughs> but it was like a positive cry, which is nice. Uh, uh, That's nice. Oh yeah. You want a positive cry. I've almost teared up in therapy, but <laughs> almost teared up there's a feeling (laughs) where i'm just like i don't want my therapist to feel like she's made me get here like i don't want (laughs) to get like a like uh 
big britches. <laughs> oh, you don't want her to feel like, ooh, I broke him. Yes, exactly. Like, like I cracked him. I yes, mean. it's yeah. kind of like real, you know, because of course, obviously, uh, everyone knows I'm a real man's man. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. You're very mask. <laughs> you're very mask. Super mask, right? That's what it says in the chat. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Oh, I put in the chat, by the way, it says, please agree when we, when Andy, <laughs> when we talk about Andy's masculinity. Please boost it. Uh, but uh, no, no, no. But like, so I'm in this kind of place where I'm like thinking about stuff and I'm trying to like, were you always this kind of warm Midwestern person or is that something more that's like as you as you move to Chicago, as you like maybe started performing? Mm. I know that for me personally, performing was this kind of like impetus to become more open because otherwise it was just going to be like obscure bullshit on stage. Yeah. You mean. Yeah, on stage. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um I don't know. I mean, if if we really want to get down into the therapy dirt of it, I think that because I was like a young fat girl in like a place where everyone was in tank tops and swimsuits like year round, I was like, I got to really trick them into being a, being okay to be around here. <laughs> and, and so I will dance and do mm-hmm. a goofaroo. You want to see me humiliate myself? Check this out kind of vibe. Uh-huh. Um, like deep, deep people-pleasing energy of like, I swear I'm, I'm not horrible. And then... <laughs> um, and then I, I actually think in a weird way, then when I got to Chicago, I was like, oh, this is like kind of a tool I can use to like make comedy or like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like almost take my people pleasing tendencies and like get under them a little bit yeah. or like use it like right. to play the opposite and get a reaction or like, you know, I mean, I feel like a lot in like my comedy or whatever I'm like playing the opposite of my type or whatever. Like there's a lot to type and I think there's mm-hmm. like people pleasy friendly sweetie is something you <laughs> think you know, but you have no idea. This is the diary <laughs> up. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. When did you become self-aware of that? Right? Because there was obviously a point where you were just reacting, like, like you said, to like, uh, I want people to like me. And then there was a point where you got control of it. And you kind of could use it as a comedic device. I mean, honestly, probably only in the last like 10 years. (laughs) Like when I really got into therapy and started being Mm -hmm. like, oh, wait, why do I do this? Or like, how do I act in a space? Or like, why, what, what's, what's, why am I hunting this down? You know? (laughs) What prompted you to get into therapy? Was something happening or was it just as you're saying right now, you just having some questions that you wanted some answers to? I got on SNL and was like, oh, no, (laughs) I need to speak with someone. (laughs) Yeah, it's really it's very, um, you know, I it's a terrifying. Yeah. Rips you apart a little bit. Yeah. and, And I had never been on camera. I had, you know. I was living in an apartment where I was paying $400 a month for my apartment. Like, (laughs) it was just such a drastic life change that I was like, I need something to help me cope. I feel like this is becoming a really serious episode really fast. (laughs) No, no, no. Is that okay? You guys always have such fun episodes, and I'm like, I'm mentally unwell. (laughs) Oh, God, no. No, no, we are both mentally unwell, We're both unwell, and it's also just, I like to know who else is unwell. That's really part of the connection. (laughs) 
<laughs> and because we're all people pleasing comedians, even when we're sharing our sickness, it's a delight. So <laughs> you, just, you just have to. But I can only, I mean, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense to me. So you feel, I mean, it's funny though, because I also feel like, because right now, I'm going to say it, I'm going to out myself. I do not have a one on one therapist right now. And I really need one. But my thing is always feeling like I need somebody. I'm like, so many of the issues I'm having right now are tied to pursuing this creative career full time, right? Like, it's all, it's all like literally, like, that's most of it. It all kind of comes back to that. And it's like, I need someone who knows that world inside and out, but can give me like actionable steps. Like I can't sit up in there and explain to you what a callback is. You know what I, I mean? Know, like I can't, I, know. I need you to get it. So we could just get into my fear, anger and jealousy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, completely. I mean, there's nothing worse than when I'm like s- s- talking to my therapist halfway in tears and I'm like, so what a general is, is when you meet <laughs> with someone and you don't know exactly what you're going to work on. Like, it, and you're just like, why am I doing this? But yeah. I don't know, at least for me, I've been with my therapist now like five years. And mm-hmm. so she knows a lot of it now. Like, or there's yeah. like shorthands. That helps a little bit. But I really know what you mean. I mean, once I called... I needed, my old therapist had moved away, so I needed to get a new one, and I called this woman, and she had been recommended to me, and I, she was like, oh, you know, what's your name? How old are you? What do you do? And I was like, I work in television, and she was like, and what, what do you do? And I was like, I'm on SNL, and then she was like, holy shit, oh my god, that's so cool, what is that like? And I was like, okay, so this is we not gonna go. work. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> like, go, Jesus. Know, she's like, you're not gonna be the one. <laughs> She hands you three sketches and she's like, one's topical. Can you please give this to Michael Che? Yeah. Oh I'm like, God. I think I can't tell all my secrets to this woman. Right, 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 right. She is that like source. You know how like in, those, uh, in magazines, it's always like sources close to the stars say. Yes. And I'm always like, who is that person? Who I is know. that person who's out here calling us weekly? <laughs> it could just be a therapist. I do want to know, like what, do you think it's like friends or is it like just someone who was passing by and like overheard <laughs> i think it is snooping and then they just attribute it to a source so that they can mm. say i think there's probably like it's the same thing like there was a uk scandal uh i don't know five six years ago where or maybe longer where like the i forget which publication was like hacking people's phones and then just oh, you, yeah, yeah. Geez. and just using that as sources. <laughs> like, oh, source no. at Verizon today. Te- <laughs> technically, <laughs> it's a primary source. They got it right for the person. They just happened to do it illegally. See, I think it's either shady friends, you know, the people who are kind of around, because I imagine these people get paid a little something, you know, to give business to tell people business. Yeah. Or you know who else is a person? I've always thought about this. You know how like agents and managers' assistants are on the phone when oh. you talk to them. Yes. That would be an easy person. And you know they don't get paid enough. So they probably like, honey, let me get $100 to tell some business. <laughs> Absolutely. $100. I don't know. They probably get $100 a tip. I just made that up. I don't know. I'm going to start sending in some tips. <laughs> You're going to see me with fancy boots. Uh, but SNL is like the closest you get from... It, like old Hollywood, you know where they would like. Mm. I I went to Schwab's and I discovered this uh, <laughs> this dame. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. closest you get from like. Yeah, I was performing at Second City and now I'm on. Right. Like it's a mind fuck. And I, I mean, I'm assuming yeah. that. Right. No, yeah. it is. You you nailed it, baby. <laughs> you, you, it it is. Yeah, and I think 
I think it's just so overwhelming to like, mm-hmm. I mean, just like what I said, like, you know, I was living a very sort of meek life <laughs> and meek and meager. And then all of a sudden, I mean, like early on, you know, it's like you're surrounded by like the most famous people who have ever existed. Like I think mm-hmm. a couple of my first weeks, like Tom Hanks was there. And like, I totally had a moment of like, wait, what? Like who? <laughs> Why I shouldn't be here? I'm scared, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. It's a I, it's a a brain teaser for you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think therapy? Like, when did you? Th- well, I'm assuming that things have uh, uh, settled a little bit through talking through these things in therapy. Yeah. But like, when do you think that? Like how long into therapy and talking about those kinds of issues do you think things settled for you? Yeah, tell me how long it'll take to settle. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would say it took four or five years. Okay. Is that too much? <laughs> no. No, no. Because I mean. Me. Go, sorry, go yeah. on. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I think it was maybe four or five years. And then. But, you know, it's interesting, too. Because, like, also, then I had four or five years under my belt of being in showbiz or being on TV or having those experiences. And so. Or just even becoming a more senior cast member. So all of a mm-hmm. sudden, your sketches get considered a little more or those kinds of things. So it's a lot of factors at once. But I do feel like it gave me a really good ability to like not be totally shattered or pumped up by like mm. exterior events in my life. You know what I mean? Wow, like, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. To not be <laughs> shattered or pumped up by exterior events. Aidy Bryant, tell me more. Naomi, oh I'm dying. Oh my God. Andy, can you imagine? No, I want I can't the imagine. one. I want, this is the thing I've been like trying to figure out. Can I dull the shattered feeling while not yeah. dulling the joy? Oh, and they're I, true. I, sure. I he, yeah, he like won't let himself get happy. Like when stuff does happen for him, I'm always like, yeah. And he's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You we'll know? See. <laughs> yeah, once this is an I actual. I think that's healthy. That's protective on some level, you know? Well, because I've had so many disappointments. I've had so many things where where it's like, oh, this is going to be a TV show. And then like two weeks later, yeah. it's like, yeah, someone was fired. So no. <laughs> so I know, we'll never yes. talk to you again. Get out of here. Uh, but I think that is maybe like a good example of like one of those things where it's like, that doesn't reflect on like, whether you are good or bad. And I think at least pre-therapy, I was like, this guy got fired. That means I should be beheaded. <laughs> you know, like it's just not, not a good way to live. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Now I do. So, you know, as a, you are a married person before, oh, yeah. before you found the person you're married to. <laughs> Like, had you had a Connor. lot of relationships? I know. No, we were just joking. I was like, what if I just danced around saying his actual physical name the whole time? And I was like, that could we, be fun. The whole time, I'm like, he's husband. <laughs> um, but Connor like, is Connor's so interesting because he's one of the most normal people. Like, I, he, he was on my other podcast, Beginnings. Oh, you and talked. Oh, right. You talked we about We had the, this very, yeah. like, it's great. Like, uh, and then you see his characters, which are the most unhinged unhinged. that's what i'll say i'll say unhinged i was terrified of him and i will say it's knowing that y'all are a couple that was like oh no he gotta be cool yeah because like it's like he can't be that unhinged because like 80 is sweet so it's so funny i think people are really scared of him (laughs) so many times 
we will like meet someone or hang out with them and then afterwards they'll be like does he hate me and I'm like no <laughs> he's just sort of quiet like he's kind of a quieter more gentle presence I guess than maybe people expect and because he goes his- on stage and yells at you so it's like you because I remember the first time I met him he was doing some characters like something having to do with Shrek or like the townspeople where Shrek was it was somewhere he was like yelling at UCB East and I remember thinking it was hilarious but then like when I went to tell him afterwards he was so kind of quiet about you know I was like oh my god it was so funny and he's like Thank you. Like, it was just so <laughs> low key that I was like, okay, you don't want to talk right now. Maybe you're just kind of coming down from your craft. I'm going to just go he, be in the corner. <laughs> well, he's kind of a sexy, shy guy. <laughs> Is that your type? Like, before Connor. What, what, sexy, shy guys. Yeah, sexy, shy guys. <laughs> and I, what I mean by that is, of course, the... Uh, from uh, Super Mario Brothers 2, the oh. enemy shy guys. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know that reference. Yes. Cosplaying. Uh, <laughs> sexy shy guys. No, no, but like, was that your type? Like, is that... Well, my question was first, did you have a lot of BFs, okay? I want to know, like, you know, if there were a lot of BFs before finding the one, you know? And then you, you could know, say sexy shy guys. I would say I had a healthy amount of sexy shy guys before <laughs> my final sexy sexy shy guy. Um, you know, I probably like had two more serious boyfriends before mm-hmm. I met Connor, but I met Connor when I was 21. You were young. You were a baby. I, I was actually a baby. Um, yeah. And but yeah, so I had kind of two serious boyfriends and then, you know, some little flings but not like yeah I wouldn't call them like true relationships yeah uh, as much as they were like someone who I would kind of kick it with here and there (laughs) and had a big crush on but never really made it happen in that way like where we were together a long time (laughs) that's Smoochin. Smoochin, yeah. Smoochin. I would call it smoochin and grinding sure (laughs) (laughs) smoochin and grinding (laughs) <laughs> I just don't want to. I, I always say smooching because I never, I never know what the. I mean, first of all, name and I don't like. As uh, we say almost every episode, I'm sex neutral. She is sex negative. So yes, not, we're not sex interested sex in talking about that stuff necessarily. But also, I, I don't know what the boundaries of the guests are. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. just call it smooching, and we'll we can sure, sure. We can well, I'm happy there. to say Jean Jammin or whatever you wish. Jean Jammin. I love that. That's good. Now that we gotta add to the lexicon, Jean Jammin. Uh, so you were Jean Jammin with some shy guys. <laughs> that could be my book, Jean Jammin with Shy Guys. Not a bad title. Po- hey, Slater Kinney, if you're listening, Carrie, if you're listening, Poison by the Sun. You're we're gonna reach out. And we have people reach out. Jean Jammin with Shy Guys. But. You know, you've it's because I feel this way, even though you and I, we were we were older, but certainly I do feel like because in the process of being together, Andy and I, you know, we kind of develop these careers. Right. When you're with someone kind of in a in this time where it's like you really do kind of grow up together and figure out who you are when this stuff kind of happens. And it's I'm always like, I can't believe we've made it through. I can't believe we've made it through all this just because it's such a major change, not just like something like SNL, but even just when you decide, oh, this is what I want to do for a living and Mm -hmm. everything that comes with that, right? Like once you kind of say, I am committing to uncertainty and (laughs) letting others decide my worth 
for a while. So you want to come on this ride? And yeah. it's a lot to but were put you on both, a relationship. At 21, were you committed to that? Or was it just like, this is fun? I um, like yes ending. <laughs> yeah, I love doing improv with nine men in their 30s. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was like in Chicago and doing stuff around the city enough that I was like, oh, I want to take this seriously. Um, and I mean, honestly, I guess I, so I was still in college when we like hooked it up, guys. Um, <laughs> and... And then shortly after I graduated, I got hired by Second City. We both did. We we got hired together and went to <laughs> we went to work on a cruise ship together, performing uh-huh. for Second City, which was wow. pure darkness. But it, that was like maybe <laughs> our first kind of big test because we lived yeah. together in a room that was just a bed with yeah. no windows, oh, um, and no Wi-Fi. So oh, right. Oh wait. So even when you work on it, you don't get free Wi-Fi because I know you have to pay when you're on a cruise ship. But I thought if you work there, you get some access. No, we had to pay for it. And oh. when we were there, it was like truly like Wi-Fi by like someone who was like cranking a wheel. Like it <laughs> yeah. was not. They I mean, were this whipping was like someone a... in the in the bottom of the ship, and they were like pushing. Fully, <laughs> we're talking like 2008. <laughs> oh know? my goodness. Yeah. So I don't know. So, but we had like some early big things together that were yeah. like, okay, this is pretty good. This is pretty legit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 What about these the the two gentlemen before? Oh yeah, sure. Well, eighty was eighty was an infant. She was an infant. Yes, that was for just, one that was just Jean Jammin. That was just Jean Jammin. Well, one was it. You know, the my first true boyfriend. I was like in high school. Oh, yeah, sort of a teen love. Um, And I would say that the thing that was cool about him was he was like, he was like very connected to like cool music scene. So like we would go see like Rilo Kylie (laughs) at like, you know, like that kind of thing. And so I was very like horny for that. I was like, this is a cool guy. Like he's a cool guy. He knows cool stuff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I wish, I wish my indie rock cred <laughs> in high school had been enticing to anyone. <laughs> it didn't oh do it. It didn't God. do it. No, not in Reading. In in the secondary market that Phoenix is, sure. <laughs> secondary Absolutely. market. Yes. Absolutely. Well, all the like hot guys at my high school were like. Um, Olympic swimmer energy, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like big blonde guys who were deeply tall. And I was like, (laughs) this ain't for me. I need like a short little weird indie guy who plays the piano really well. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. (laughs) Where were you guys when I was in high school? You know what? You had to bake. You had to fully bake. (laughs) You had to go through that dark time so that as a as a grown ass man you behave yourself, okay? Because if you had been popular in high school, you would have been a monster. You'd be a monster right now, don't you think? Absolutely, absolutely. You couldn't have handled it. You weren't ready. You weren't ready. It messes with your mind. Well, I always say that though. I'm like so glad I was in a way a sexless nerd because I because I think like because when you even talk about like a boyfriend in high school, like. 
I had such low self-esteem and was so, you know, into boys and I wanted someone to like me and I always like somebody. Like, I swear to God, if I had a boyfriend in high school, I would be 16 and pregnant. Do you know what I mean? Because I would have been like, he loves <laughs> yes. me. And then I would have yes. been like, sex. And then he would, I'm like, he says condoms don't feel good. I trust uh. him. Like, I think I would have been that person. So it's very good that I did not lose my virginity until sophomore year of college. <laughs> well, also, like, I feel like, the way I had crushes on boys, like, when I was in high school was, like, I look back on it, and I'm like, that's so depressing. Like, I would, like, memorize, uh, like, we would take tests, and instead of putting your name at the top, you would put your student ID number, and then we would grade each other's papers, oh. which is insane. But <laughs> I then was like, okay, I have to figure out which student ID number is his, yep. so that then when I, like, write at the bottom, like, graded by 80, I do it. <laughs> cute which is like so sad like that's maybe the least horny thing you could do would be to have that person grade your latin paper or whatever agricola i i um ah perfect p-u-r-r-f-e-c-t with a heart at the end with a heart at the end did you write in your notebooks Mrs. 1378632 over and over again? I should have. <laughs> Could have been cool. <laughs> no, no. I, see, I, I mean, some of these questions that I'm uh, asking, I, I'm asked because I'm curious about, like, how romantically, both as you become yourself as a performer, gone through therapy, how has this stuff impacted you romantically? The way you like behave in yeah or see yourself in a romantic oh, relationship. Gosh. I would even say friendships as well. Yeah. You know the you know, ability. Yeah, we're gonna open it up to open all it kinds. Up. Of- because oh. it's about like how you kind of communicate with people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, At least that's yeah, what I yeah. think about. So go ahead, Ad. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, no, I mean I know what you mean. Like I feel like, I mean good example like my probably my first two relationships or even like my friendships I was very like whatever they say I'll do <laughs> or like mm-hmm. you know like if they want me to come over at one o'clock in the morning that's my time like I just was so uh pretty much down for whatever in a way that was sad <laughs> and you know, or just at least very, like, I never was asserting what I wanted out of anything. Mm-hmm. And I think what was really lucky was, like, kind of my second boyfriend that I had. I just was, like, had had it with, like, any kind of, like, game playing or indirectness mm-hmm. or any whatever. And so then when I met Connor, sorry, I'm getting very specific, but I feel like it goes to the mm-hmm, bigger mm-hmm. question. Which is, like, I'm, I met Connor... And he immediately was like, can I have your number? Can we go out? And it wasn't like ambiguous, like friendy, Mm -hmm. whatever. It was like, we're going to date. I was like, whoa, this is the vibe. And then I feel like pretty much from that day forward, we were like so open and honest and direct with each other that it kind of taught me like this whole other way to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that like affected how I was as a performer and how I was in our relationship. And so like as we've grown, it's kind of been like our number one thing is like if anybody has a feeling, talk it out, say it now, let's get mm-hmm. into it. Well, let's talk about it for two hours, five <laughs> hours, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's get it out, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel that way about writing and performing too, where I'm like, is there a weird vibe in this writer's room? Let's talk about it, or like, let's get, you know, like let's get into it, because I I can't handle like the kind of eggshell weirdness vibe. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. I wish more people were like that though, because I'm that same way, and then people are very like, why are you trying to? Be honest. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, because it's true. I always feel like, I mean, because we've talked about this a lot on the show, too, where I'm always like, it's also sometimes cultural, I'll say, where I'm like, white people don't like real talk. Because I always feel like whenever yeah. I meet black people in the business, like if I'm in a general, as we were talking about, it's always an easier <laughs> conversation if the person's black. Like, it just doesn't have the same, like, I'll be like, what's up? What's your boss like? You know what I mean? Or like, and it'll <laughs> yeah, just yeah, be yeah. like a more direct conversation than sort of like yeah so what shows are you watching you know and haunting yeah <laughs> and, <it's laughs> like, and so i i know what you mean like because that's like all i ever want is just like is everyone having a feeling we talk about how like if i if i ever ran a writer's room i would have first of all everyone would would be allowed to do therapy during the work week okay there yeah 100 percent. there maybe even be one day a week i said Maybe on Thursdays, we, st- we start at 11. Everyone can get their docs in, you know, top of the day. Come I mean, in and get your head right. You know, we'd have one bathroom up. for crying. You know what I mean? Like, I would be very, like, that's how I want to run. It's like, let's talk. Because, you know, it's so hard to be both creative and constantly churning out. Yeah. But then also not getting to feel your feelings. I'm like, how do you do both at the same time? I also feel like writer's room, it's like too much togetherness, kind of. Like, you need to, like, step away, have a little time to yourself, come back. Now bring your ideas to the table. Let's talk through them. Great. Let's take another minute. We'll review. Let's figure out which ones we'll focus on. I don't know. I'm into, like, big breaks. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, er, er, late starts or early ends, you know? and. So that you can like says the girl who the works time. until five in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, geez, yeah, okay, yeah. Late starts, early ends. But early probably starts. in probably in reaction to working at SNL, like on Shrill, I was really like, let's try and use time efficiently and not just be chained to this place, you know? Yeah. Were you in the? Oh, you were in the writers' room. Oh, baby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. God, I should have tried to get yeah. in that room. Uh, well, no, I, I, I think the other reason I asked this questions too is like, as a warm, empathetic person, eighty, how do you maneuver <laughs> in this sociopathic business? I, that's yes. a question yes. I have all the time because I, I find it very difficult to uh, keep your soul I, and do what needs to be done. You mean? Yeah, yeah. It's the devil's business. <laughs> it's filled with the devil's workers <laughs> it is not a good business and like it is so bad and <laughs> um i don't know i i think this is like another place where therapy and like being assertive is like a good thing to practice you know um mm-hmm. but it's really hard and i think it's like a little bit of what we were talking about earlier of just trying not to have like my entire worth defined by like some executive who is not funny <laughs> or like, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah. It's definitely, it's ups and downs and it's, um, it's, you know, I mean, it's a weird moment too, where it's like particularly about like numbers and streamers and whatever. <laughs> like, it's just so not very much about like art or not very much about like emotion or whatever. It It's, it's really, that can be really hard. But I mm-hmm. think that's why, like, 
even just what we were talking about before of like having writer's rooms that are like humane and you get close to the people you're working with or like the people are doing this with you guys or like any, you know, just things that are like, oh, well, this is the best part. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is like fun and good. There's good people in here, mm-hmm. but there's also bad. But I, I also <laughs> just like, I try to not like engage too much with being like the Emmy voting is coming mm. or like uh-huh. the red uh-huh. carpet is on right. its way. Cause it's like, <laughs> That's actually, like, not what I got into it for. Like, I got into it because I love doing shows at, like, midnight that are stupid and bad, you know? So it's, like, I think tapping into, like, that energy as opposed to being, like, I need to be tan and hot on camera. (laughs) That's very true. I mean, I'm not really in in it for midnight shows but I, I I'm in it for the past appetizers do you know what I mean yes I'm in it I really do like going to parties but I don't ever want to be on a car on a carpet or anything like I'm like can I just go to the party eat the crab cakes in a corner yeah. with like two of my friends and have no one documented in any way shape or form of that'd course. be great that's no, no. my idea I'm here time. for the midnight shows if, yeah. if there was <laughs> I don't think there was anything more fun than doing one of the dumbest mid the bit you know, shows yeah a bit at show UC- at UCB at midnight so and fun. I, and I was like, it's too late for this. I'm tired. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, even now, though, when I do shows, I'm always like, can I go up first? Like, I'm just very, <laughs> like, I want to do the act of stand-up, but I don't want to do anything else around it. No. You know? Or, like, traveling to the show or from the show. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> oh, no. I fondly remember having to take three trains from Greenpoint Ugh. to do a five-minute bit oh, yeah. at midnight under Gracidis. And, and you had a day job had a that day you had. Had to be every like nine a.m. Come on, making smoothies for the audience oh, while yeah. the video about uh, death and philosophers plays in the background. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. It's what people? And those were good smoothies. People love the smoothies. <laughs> I did that bit a couple times. <laughs> Can you imagine? Incredible somebody- review of a show is the smoothies were really good. <laughs> Oh, um, why don't we take a break and we'll come back? Now I, f- I feel like uh, yes, like yes. we we found we found it we got, whatever yes. it is. We kid, got we're inside. Kid, you got it. Whatever <laughs> it is. And oh now we can God. answer listeners' relationship questions. Yeah. I think because now we know where we're at. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims Basics and Foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the Soft Smoothing Seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. 
I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray, and it is so friggin' soft and comfortable, and it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got in the new t-shirt shop. Dear listeners, Andy here doing the ad read again, and today we're talking about me undies. As the male half of couples therapy, I was asked to do this one because we're talking about boxers, which, and I hope I'm not breaking any confidences, Naomi does not wear. Now, if you're a podcast listener like me, you've heard plenty of ads for me undies, and frankly, I had always thought it's underwear. How special can it be? And then I tried them, and friends. It is like wearing magic. It is like wearing a dream. It is so soft, there is nothing earthly I can compare it to. I am embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed to say I'm middle-aged and just finding this out. But the material your underwear is made out of really does make a difference. I won't say where I usually get my boxers from, but... For comparison, me undies are like wearing a cloud covered in angel's feathers, and the other ones I wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke. Me undies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I gotta point this out, there is a particular technology that the folks at MeUndies would like me to discuss. Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral, so I didn't want to have to say what this technology is, so I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words, I can say medical words, you might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Soft underwear comes in all packages at me undies. So to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping, go to meundies.com slash therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Hey, y'all. Wanted to pop in real quick and let you know that if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, there are a couple different ways. Most of our support comes from our wonderful Patreon community. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes of just us mostly spilling the tea mm-hmm. and occasionally searching for crazy bread in Los Angeles, plus lots of other bonus content. We love our page pals, and we couldn't do this without you. And if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. We also have merch, which includes Gotta Miss a Bitch and Jubu t-shirts, yeah. which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter or Insta bios. And for absolutely zero dollars, you can rate and review the show on Apple. Five stars, please. It'll only take 10 seconds and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. And, and we're, we're back. back with 
80, Brian, honey, here to handle your scandal. And, you know, now we know where 80's coming from, okay? She's survived heat stroke to find love and success inside her heart. You guys, we love when you send us your questions. My favorite, as always, is when you call in and leave a voicemail, okay? We're talking 323-524-7839. That is who you call, honey, if you want us to help you out. You can also send us an email at CouplesTherapyPod at Gmail. DM us on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> you got options, okay? Don't say, I never gave you nothing. <laughs> now. All right. Here's the first voicemail. Hi, Andy and Naomi and special guest. I'm calling to get some advice on an issue about insecurity I've been having. I've had a best friend for 15 years and recently started dating a good friend of hers that she met in college um, about seven years ago. They don't have a dating history, but I know that he was kind of had a crush on her for a while and she has told me before that, you know, he's the person she made the deal with that if they don't have kids when they're 40, they'll have a kid together and that she would totally snatch him up, but is just not into him because of his looks. And, and maybe a lot of the look stuff doesn't matter to me, which makes me like that comment hugely baffling to me. But it leaves me feeling really insecure in this relationship because I, you know, I'm wondering, like, if he's just dating me because he can't date her and it makes me really jealous of their friendship and it's a long-distance relationship, so every time he visits me and me and my best friend live in the same city, I feel like I, I'm going to have to share my time with him and... I know that the solution here is communication. I just really don't know how to bring this issue up without coming across as crazy and jealous and like I have a problem with their friendship. I just don't. I don't. I just want to know that like I'm actually the person he wants to be dating, which is rooted in my deeper insecurities. But I'm working on that with my real therapist. Anyway, thank you for whatever advice you have to give. I love your show so much and can't wait to hear have a great day wow wow this one is this is real tricky this is a that sticky is wicked like, this is the juiciest <laughs> wildest call i'm so impressed <laughs> um what do you what do you think Adi? have you ever had like you know a crush on a friend's friend or a friend's ex or maybe they had a crush on you you know have you ever been in this situation because it's not surprising to me you know when friends have that kind of romantic overlap even though it's not overlap because she's sounding like the friend is like well he he ugly but he cool so maybe when i'm 40 i'll have him it's not like what she's saying it's like anyway sorry oh he ugly but he cool is a huge (laughs) That's what it sounds like. That girl is like, which I think is so rude to say about I saying know. your friend like about things. Well, I assume before they were dating oh, that she said that. Yeah, maybe, but who knows? It's it's definitely like most of the call. I was like, get out! You can't. This is no. Get out of here. But then <laughs> now I'm weirdly like, I feel like you just got to have some like very real ass conversations, you know. 
Yeah. And probably yeah. one with the friend and one with the boyfriend. Yeah. And maybe not together. <laughs> no, definitely. You know? I was thinking that too. I was like, oh, it's got to be two two combos. Definitely. Yeah. But I also think that um, the question I, I have, the big one is like, how long have they been dating? Because to me, you, you know, because she's saying here like, oh, I don't want to seem creepy or something. It's like, you're not creepy. If y'all have been on two dates and you're like, who do you love more? Like, that's yeah. different. But if you are in a long distance, you know, monogamous relationship with this person and you just want to know what's up, I think um, you have every right to ask that question. I think here's the thing about that question, though. You ask that question. He tells you the truth and you have to believe him and let it live there. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because the tricky mm-hmm. thing can be like you, even if you get the answer, which and my, my point being, he'll say like, I want to be with you. You're the person I care for. You know, I have feelings for her in the past. Maybe he says something like that, but it's over. You know, you got to believe that and you got to leave it there as opposed yeah. to then constantly needing to be reassured or not trust them or be like, you hanging out with her, you know, whatever. That's the question. That is the thing that you, you know, you, and that's where, you know, you said you're talking to your real therapist, not two comedians who you just listen <laughs> to. And you're going to figure out if that's the way to go, but you got to like, you got to let it lie once you have the real conversation. This is one of the most difficult questions I think we've ever had on this show. My God, we're stumped. Because it's, I I, I don't know, I'm kind of with 80s original feeling, which is like, get out of this. Hmm. Because, I I don't know, I don't know. But just because it's like, so the friend, the, the best friend, this is his, this is her, I don't know, the guy crushed on her and then couldn't attain her. This is such like a sitcom setup. This yeah. is like some kind of like, this is like Ross and Rachel or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. This is like, and... Uh, uh, Joey. <laughs> when Joey and Rachel got together, we yeah, were like, this, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly when jo- That's how terrible this is. It's when Joey and Rachel got together. <laughs> no, but I don't want our listener to feel like, no, we're not saying, I don't, I don't believe you are second place. No, no, but I, I don't do know, understand but... you having that concern. Right. That's like, what I I'm understand saying, that concern. That the yeah. setup makes you, gives you the insecurity. Right. Without right. there being any kind of actual context clues to give you insecurity. Right. Just the, just I, the situation. I also feel like a little piece of it is like having a real ass, like, burn it down conversation <laughs> with your friend <laughs> mm. that is like, do you have any deep down devil uh, when we turn 40 feelings for this man? Because mm-hmm. if so, that's going to always kind of be there. And I think you're ultimately going to have to be like, am I here for this friendship or am I here for this relationship? Because if she still has stuff underneath for this guy, right. it's never going to feel good. <laughs> You know, right, right. it's always going to feel a little crunchy over there, you know? <laughs> a little crunchy. Have, yeah. Have either of you been in any kind of situation like this? Well, the thing is, you're turning it to us, but I know you have, and I want to ask you. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> have I? Well, here's the thing. You had a girlfriend in college uh-huh. who went on to date one or two of your friends after y'all broke up. Yeah, but that was afterwards. Well, right, but I'm saying... but And I already moved on to... And I was dating... I was in another serious relationship when that was happening. So it was okay for you 
with to even though y'all weren't together because this is the similarity here is like these two people were never really together they just had a history and now there's this new person in here like i'm saying did you have it didn't bother you at all seeing her with your friends no because we weren't together anymore wow someone's emotionally healthy okay yeah, I, but i wasn't so at the time <laughs> right because i don't know because like because i do think sometimes you feel about people you know where you're like okay we weren't right together but it's like i don't want to see you kissing somebody else but i had yeah. gone first i had i had gotten into a serious relationship first before she got into a serious relationship so you oh, I so think then it was, you, you get to be like good for her <laughs> exactly. i think it was weirder that like her i was I'm still good friends with the people she dated mm -hmm. after me. I'm still friends with them. Yeah. I think that's weirder. Well, that is true. That is strange. <laughs> that is strange. But you but you keep friends. Okay, we really don't know what to do about this. This is like this is literally I like I oh, that's oh, that's really what I was going to ask. Sorry. And I forgot the phrase. Uh, a real ass com a burn it down conversation. That's what I was going to ask Aidy. Have you ever had to have one of those real ass burn it down conversations with someone? It doesn't even have to be in this kind of context, but I'm kind of curious what did that actually change the dynamic? Um, I've definitely had some burn it down conversations. <laughs> I kind of feel that they're like a hallmark of. <laughs> of growth for me where like once every seven years I have a burn it down conversation <laughs> and deeply grow from it. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that they always like move the needle in the right way, but they at least make it very fucking clear where everybody stands. Mm -hmm. And that makes it a lot easier to like know how to move forward. Cause yep. I feel like, it's like it's kind of what we were saying earlier of like all the friendly sort of like chit chat like of like oh he 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 we used to have a feeling but now we don't and who knows but it's like well what do you really mean you know exactly like, get, I I just think it's like it's hard to kind of get the real dirt out of people sometimes but you got to yeah yeah. To. Yeah, I think I think the conversation needs to happen with the friend first. I think yeah. that'll be a little that'll be an easier one for you to have just because you are more comfortable with this person and like talking to them, you know, after years of friendship. So I think you need to ask them and like, you know, because if it is coming out in like little comments, you know, or like kind of totally. stuff where it's like, I'm joking, but I'm not or whatever. It's being like, hey, can we talk about that when you said X, Y and Z? And I really would like to know where that where you stand on that if you really are just joking in which case can you stop because i don't think it's funny <laughs> or, yeah or, have we heard of truth in comedy bitch <laughs> oh god or, or just be, sorry go on no or you just gotta or just be like you know we can't you just can't you can't <laughs> like she just can't like she you can't you can't with like that is now my gentleman friend and then i think when you talk to him you know just it don't say i would say this too whatever you whoever you talk to first don't tell the second person anything the first person said hell yes meaning like don't use that information to try to create a well, well she said she was actually never interested in you and that she thinks you're ugly like it's like don't do anything like that don't do anything like that thinking you're trying to change the dynamic. Just like you have one conversation, you have another, and that's it. And just sort of say, asking him, you know, hey, because I know you guys have had a 
past or you've had a crush on her in the past, it it makes me a little a little insecure. And I think you can say that. I think, you know, it's so scary to admit your vulnerability, but I do think that most people are receptive to it. Uh, as long as it's said in a way that's easy to take in. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like not like not accusatory. Yes, and not like picking a fight that then after two hours is revealed in a torrent of tears that really you're afraid that he likes her. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Yes. And, if, and it's like, okay, you got to say that. And then also when you're like, oh, we live in the same place, and so when he comes, does he have to spend time? I don't want to have to share him. Then don't. Just literally be like, we're hanging out, we're doing our thing, and then you can schedule her on the books be like okay. yeah fuck the time away <laughs> exactly and be like hi do you want to meet us for breakfast after we've made love <laughs> then that can happen <laughs> yeah andy i said it made love no no no. i was laughing <laughs> I, was like, I uh like two minutes ago i had this flash of 80 sitting in a room with like 30 white 30-year-old improvisers uh-huh. sharing stories about Del Close. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why that like that popped into my head. But You're was... absolutely not wrong. And I was absolutely like, here's the most humiliating detail I could ever give you. I was like 19 and 20, and I had a fake ID so that I could go to bars and be around like improv people. Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't even drink. I would just use it to get in to be around older improv dorks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. The, well, of course, you had to hang. You had to hang. I oh, had yeah, to yeah. hang. In New York, when you got to graduate from uh, Triple Crown to go hang at, uh, what was it, Muldoon's? What's the name? McManus. McManus. Oh. Muldoon's. <laughs> but also, it's so crazy the people we thought were cool. And then, I like, know. and then when you, you're like, Oh, Lord. <laughs> like, you go from thinking someone's cool to being like, I'm worried about him. You know? I mean? Well, also, I also did not understand how show business worked. So I thought all these, like, more senior Chicago improvisers were millionaires. <laughs> I was like, they're, like, established in the industry. They're teachers here. They must be making the big bucks. And I had, like, absolutely no idea they were being paid, like, you know, ten dollars or whatever. Right, so ten insane. an hour. Oh my yeah. god! Also, paying four hundred dollars a month for their rent. <laughs> going to the green room, looking through the couch for change. <laughs> god, the struggle is real. Uh, can we do one more? Yeah. All right. Hi, Andy, Naomi, and special guest. I love your podcast, Naomi. I actually found this podcast because you were on Best Friends with Nicole and Sashir, and I started binging it immediately. Um, so really, let me get you to the point. Um, I am 27 years old. Today marks four weeks since my boyfriend and I broke up. Um, we were together for eight months, but it was all long distance. Um, we broke up because he lives in New York City. I live in the Poconos, and um, I'm unemployed, so I have been trying to find work in New York City. And I'm currently in school. I start my last year of grad school next week. So just been kind of busy and not able to afford some of the things that he can do. Um, he is going to be 30 this year. He makes six figs. Like, homeboy is doing well for himself. So it just, you know, kind of got too hard for us. And finally, I, I recognized that he was unhappy, and I um, asked him if he thought it was best on a date, and he agreed without really fighting for it. So my question to you guys is, do you think it's too soon to try and pursue a friendship with him? I, I don't think that we should be a couple. I do think that breaking up was probably the right thing to do, although I am super sad still. Um, he's coming up next week, or sorry, next month for his birthday for a week, and then we're going to a wedding together still 
in August because the bride invited me personally. So do you think that these are good things? Should I avoid seeing him for his birthday? Should I not go with him to the, the wedding in two months? Um, I don't know what to do. I want to go. I think I'll be okay, but I could also be lying to myself. So whatever you, any advice you have would be super helpful. Thank you guys and love you. Okay, we're behind, okay? He said this was two months before the wedding. It's, we're in August now, so we're coming to him so late. And I just pray that he hasn't gotten to this wedding yet. Aidy, I saw you wag your finger. <laughs> I want to go to you first. <laughs> I just don't want him to put himself in a position to create more pain for himself. Like, I feel like, you know, sad about the breakup is, is one feeling, but then being like, and now I'm going to spend his birthday and wedding sexy wedding night dancery together is like <laughs> that's a, a recipe for reigniting feelings absolutely you know? absolutely i said you're going they're going to make love and yeah. that is something you can't do because he said he was like i'm still pretty sad and so that is the problem here's a rule i have is it really like does it have any like basis in fact no but i say when you're breaking up with somebody or when you've broken up you know, but if it's amicable enough and you're sort of like, you know, should we hang out? Should we be friends? Do not talk to this person for at least half as long as you were together. So they were together eight months. Y'all don't need to talk for four. <laughs> Y'all don't need to talk for four. That's my rule. Because it's like, <laughs> that's my rule. Yeah. Yeah, Andy, it is. Yeah, Andy, that is my rule. Okay. Because you need to like, because, you know, in a relationship, we all get into these like patterns and habits. And so even if you say you're not together, you're used to engaging with each other in a couple like way. And you yeah. got to break that couple like pattern. And that's going to take more than at the time he called four weeks. Mm. You got to kind of forget him and like not talk to him that often. And um, I think that can help you. Then you kind of break that little pattern and then you can start to look at this person and engage with them as a, um, non-romantic sexy friend. I once read an article. I don't know where, and I don't remember when, <laughs> but the article said that your brain sees a person who you were in a relationship with as your person for a relationship for three years after you wow. break up. And that you what? can't like break that kind of like brain pathway mm -hmm. for three years. What? So, Three I mean, years. I love your rule, but I'm willing to add two and a half <laughs> years to it. <laughs> wow. Three I mean, years. I could see that, actually. I mean, I, in terms of, like, there are definitely people who I dated back in college where I'm like, I guess if I saw them now, it would be okay. <laughs> like, yeah, 15 years so. later. <laughs> no, I, I hope so like, when you're now... You know, with the most dynamic <laughs> mask, mask, I know, super mask. No, no, no. All of us agree on that, correct? We all agree on that. Man, you've ever dated? <laughs> no, ever no, no. I don't mean like that. Like, in love with? No, I don't mean like wanting that person. But as you're saying that idea of you see somebody where you're like, oh, yeah, you were There's once something. my person, right? Like you were <laughs> once like when I was like a young fool. Don't worry, and you know you're my number one. <laughs> <laughs> Aidy, have you ever befriended an ex? Like, purposely? <laughs> purposely. Um, As opposed to just being, like, in the same, like, oh, well, we dated, but now, you know, we're on a Harold yeah, team. I, mean, I don't know I'm, what Second City does. My, but. I would say my high school boyfriend and I are still friendly. And, like, okay. we 
you know, recently my mom ran into him and they had a nice conversation. I will tell you, actually, this is kind of a good juicy ex experience, which is um, the the guy I was with before I met Connor was kind of bad to me in different ways. Yeah. He was like older and had money and had an apartment. And so for that reason, I was like, I'll do anything you say. And he kind of dicked me around a little bit. And <laughs> I would say four or five years into me being on SNL, I received an email from him after not speaking to him for like uh, close to 10 years. <laughs> yep. And it was, the email was like, I just wanted to apologize to you for how bad I was. And I basically wrote back, thanks. <laughs> uh, well, that's good though, that he apologized. I thought yeah, it was sorry, my dog's barking at the mere mention of this man. <laughs> uh-huh. We understand. Yeah, we we understand. Mabel I, understands when we're talking about hateful people. That's true. She does. She starts like <laughs> low growl. But I was worried that what I thought you were going to say initially is that he was like, he saw you on SNL and was just like, like trying to be friends again. You know what I no. mean? But at least, no, he, he at least I he think saw he it. And, yeah. He knew like, oh, I was trash. So that's good. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's good. Take good. It was vindicating, but it was also yeah. like, why now, bitch? Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Someone sees your face on a billboard or something. Was Shrill out yet when that happened? No, no. Oh, okay. Not yet. All right, all right. Because I was like, mm. so now he's really sucking <laughs> eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love when you're an old timey grandma <laughs> with a phrase like "sucking eggs." <laughs> I know. I, I immediately was like, "Is that even a mean thing?" I don't even know. I think no, it I is. Like it. No, I like yeah. it. I like it. No, no. I, I think I remember it from a Ren Snippy episode when I was a kid. <laughs> to be yeah, episode yeah. where Ren told Stimpy uh, to suck eggs or something but but I think alright not to not to like uh, make this a, a circle but like the connection between the two of you uh-huh, go ahead. I see as Na- Naomi ha- is an inner uh, elderly person that's like true. in her heart she's yes. 72 absolutely thank I you I wonder if there's that kind of connection there. I feel that are we two old gals I are think we we're old I mean I don't know about you but like I really felt like, even when I turned, like, 30, mm-hmm. I was like, I've been feeling 30 since I was 11, so this yeah. feels great. Like, and yeah. actually, as I approach 40, I'm like, finally, like, I need to be getting to where I'm meant to be, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel that. But I'm also, lately, I've been afraid of death. So it's really <laughs> weird. So, like, but I'm with you uh, on that. I mean, ugh. that's literally most of the... Uh, that's my, where we connect. That's, yeah, fear of death. <laughs> Most of most of my Netflix half hour is about being an old lady and like the reasons why I'm just old in my heart. And I just and I agree with you. Like when I was little, I was just like, I wanted to be an old lady. I wanted yeah. to be grown. I like loved. I remember, you know, who I used to think was the coolest or the fanciest was the lady on the subway during rush hour who was wearing, you know, like business suit, but then sneakers <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because she's going to change in those heels, not until she gets to the office. But I used to think she's so cool and fancy. That's I who I wanted to be. New balance on the bottom and martial suit on the top. I really hear you. Like, I really <laughs> am at the point now where I'm like, I need to be comfortable. Like, I can't I can't have a hot temperature or a cold one. <laughs> I just need to be and, and it's so insane because I used to like be at lunch with my grandma and see her be like, It's freezing in here and now I'm like, I'm her. It's Absolutely. me. 
I'm it's, bad. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> you're not bad, Eddie. You're wonderful. You're the best in the game, and we're so, so happy you came and joined us for today's episode. Yeah. This yeah, was real. a dream come true for me. I love you both. We love you, too. I wish I knew what to do with I know. Andy can't say it. I'll say it on our behalf. I wish we I love you, too. <laughs> we love you, too. And we love you, the listener. And we'll see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.